0: Thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you have a story that you'd like to share, you can do so by going to adventure.church slash mystory. Also, if you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so by giving online and helping us bring messages just like this one to you every single week. Today's message is from our series called Toxic, in which we'll look at the small things and how they can creep into our minds and cause chaos in our everyday lives. In this series, We'll learn how to defend against and detox the slow killers of our soul. Now prepare your hearts to hear a word from God. Today, uh, I want to talk to you about words, toxic words. How many of you have ever said something that you wish you could take back? Anybody? Right? Come on. Yeah, I remember I learned this lesson very early on in life. I was probably early teens, and again... This is where like the the telephone was like the most important thing that you had. You didn't have cell phones. And so at night... Me, I have a twin sister. I had an older sister who was just a year older than us. Man, we would like we would fight for the phone, right? Like, hey, I need my time. I need to call some girls, you know. I need to I need to make sure that I'm keeping up, you know, with everything that's going on in the world. And so it was my turn to be on the phone, and my older sister would not get off the phone. And uh, that was back in the day where I think we had a cordless phone, but it didn't always work the greatest, you know. And so our our kitchen phone had one of those. It was like a 50 foot cord on it, right? You could just get about anywhere in the house. And my sister had stretched it and was sitting on the front porch with the, with the door closed. And I kept telling her, I said, you've gone over your time limit. It's my time. It's my turn. I need to call my girlfriend or more than likely we'll break up tomorrow because that's what happens in middle school, you know. And so, so she wouldn't get off. And so finally I just said, you know what, there's, there's a much easier solution to this. I grabbed the cordless phone and then I went to the phone that was on the wall. I just pulled the, the, the phone thing right out, the cord right out, hung up, got it. This big fight ensues. My mom finally gets involved, and she tells me to go to my room. And I said, this is not fair. She was on the phone. She was stealing my time. This was the green. My mom said, I don't care. No one's using the phone the rest of the night. I was like, this is not justice, right? This is not fair. We live in America. This is not how this should go down. And there was, but there was no arguing. There was no, there was no, you know, she just said, that's it, it's final. And, and I said something that, that immediately when it came out of my mouth, I was like, ah, right? And I called my mom a word that you should never call your mom, okay? And immediately when I said it, I was like, oh, uh, and she just looked at me. She didn't say anything but these words right here. The worst words you ever wanna hear as a kid. Go to your room and then this. Wait for your father to get home. I was like, oh, can, can you whip me, Mom? You're, you're not as strong as him. It would be a lot easier. Immediately, I wanted to pull that word back. You see, in, in our words, as lighthearted as that is, actually have a lot of power. Maybe you've heard this before. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, Right? That is the biggest lie ever told. The biggest lie ever told. Listen to what Proverbs 18, 21 says. It says, the tongue, our words, have the power of life and also death. That our words are incredibly powerful. That they can be life-taking, toxic, right? Very toxic to to ourselves, to someone else. Or they can be life-giving. And so Proverbs says we have to make sure that we we understand the power of our words, that we don't take them lightly, that they carry a lot of weight. The book of James gives us some instruction about the power of our tongue, the power of our words, and how how we should be able to guard those things in what we say. And James, if you're not sure who he is, he was the brother of Jesus. We're actually going to do a whole series on James this summer, which I'm, I'm excited about because James is probably the best evidence for Jesus divinity than anyone else right because he he became a follower of Jesus after he he raised from the dead and so can imagine if James is your if Jesus is your brother right and, and your brother tells you he's the son of god right what, Brother, little bro, you're, you're the son of God? <laughs> okay, yeah, whatever, right? So James, man, after Jesus comes back from the dead and, and he has this transformation in his life, he becomes this amazing teacher and he is a straight shooter, okay? He just tells you how it is. So this is what he says when it comes to our words. James one19 we're gonna skip around a little bit. First he says this, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you all must be quick to listen Slow to speak, slow to get angry. Goes on to verse 26. He says, if you claim to be religious, Christ follower, but you don't control your tongue, you're only fooling yourself. So then your religion, your relationship with Christ is worthless. Then in chapter 3, verses 3 through 10, he really kind of sums up how powerful this thing is. He says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell Itself. How many of you are encouraged this morning? He says, People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring from the same mouth he says surely my brothers and sisters talking to believers he said this is not right This should not be the case for us that this powerful thing that 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 is wild that if we don't tame the tongue if we don't control this thing because it has the power of life and death that you carry with just your words the power to be life-giving or life-taking toxic to yourself and to those around you. And so today, I want to spend some time talking about how we can possibly tame this, this tongue, how we can possibly prevent our tongue from becoming toxic in our own life and the lives of others and to where we cannot be life-taking people with our words, but we can be life-giving people with our words. So if you're ready, look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? I say, let's go. Here we go. All right. Step one. First thing that we need to do in James tells us right out of the gate, he says, here's the thing, in order to control this thing, he says, realize, one, it's not uncontrolled, but we know that through the power of Christ in us that we can do anything, so we can even tame this, this wild thing in our mouth with the power of Christ in us, but this is what he says right away, just some practical advice, he says, here's what the first thing you need to do, he says, talk less and listen more, just, just stop talking, okay, Just be quiet. And and, and this is great marriage advice for most of of the guys in here, okay? Just, Just zip it, right? Just stop talking. He says, be quick to listen, slow to speak. Proverbs says it this way, very, very plainly. Chapter 10, 19. It says, don't talk so much. You keep putting your foot in your mouth. Be sensible, right? Turn off the flow. This is what Proverbs tells us. Just, just shut up, right? And listen, here's the thing that's really hard for me, though. And and I'll tell tell people this all the time. Like, I'm a pastor, and so oftentimes people think that pastors are good counselors for some reason. Uh, I'm not, okay? So I'll talk to you, uh, but here's what I like to do, right? Like, just like I preach these sermons, I'm like, here's the deal, your tongue is messed up. I got four or five things here that if you actually do this stuff, it works, right? So someone comes to me and they, they tell me their problem. I go, all right, hold, hold on just a second. I've preached about this. Let me tell you a few things. I'm, we don't even need to talk anymore. I'm just going to tell you, right? And so I'm a terrible listener. I'm quick to speak and slow to listen. Jess loves it, right? She just loves it. I fix all the problems in our family. Just I'm like, here, let's fix it, right? That's how I want to I take care of things. But immediately... James begins to say right off the bat as he's talking about this thing, he's like, the first thing you gotta do is just slow it down. Don't be so quick to interject what you think and what you want to say. And so for me, that takes great intentionality on my part where I literally have to say, Kyle, just, just shut up, just shut up, okay? And not just in my marriage, that's the most important place, but just in general, in life, as someone's talking, I'm, I'm just so quick to speak and slow to listen, Abe Lincoln said it like this. He said, it's better to talk less and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt, right? Just, just to talk less. Proverbs 17, 28 says, even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongue. Sometimes the greatest thing you can do in a situation in life, and whether it's at work, when it comes to your family, A friendship, when you know you want to say something, you know you have a lot to say on it, James says, one of the best things that you can do is just shut up. I know it doesn't sound real spiritual, right? And I don't let my kids say that, but they're not in here, okay? So it's all good. Just just be quiet. Just quit talking. Play the odds, right? The more you talk, James says, the more you're gonna mess things up. So just be sensible. Turn off the flow. So he says, first thing you got to do is just to tame this thing. Just just don't even give it an opportunity. More often than not, be slow to speak, be quick to listen. But he says, if you need to talk, if you need to talk, then what do we need to do? Then you need to think before you speak. Think before you speak. Okay, I got to say something. There's situations in life where we, where we must talk, where we must engage in conversation. There's conflict that must be dealt with. I understand all that. But he says, before you do any of that, be, be slow to speak. But when you need to speak, make sure you think before you speak. Maybe it's think before you type. Think before you tweet. Think before you post on Facebook, Right? Think about what you're saying because your words have the power of life or of death. That we carry that responsibility. Proverbs twelve eighteen says, the words of the reckless, reckless. People who are reckless with their words, it says, they pierce like swords. And the tongue of the wise brings healing. It was a few months back and uh, Jess uh, she, she, every once in a while, she throws her back out. Anybody ever throw your back out before? Okay. Like, I go to a chiropractor. I've never, like, thrown my back out, okay, where I felt that pain. But it's very, it's very, uh, it's very painful. It, it kind of, you know, debilitating. You can't really move. You can't really do a lot. And so I come home from, from work one day, and Jess is, like, crouched over in the kitchen, and she's, like, in pain. I said, Babe, what's wrong? She said, I threw my back out. And I was, I was quick to speak. And I was quick not to think before I spoke. So she said, I threw my back out. I said, well, throw it back in. That was not the good thing to say when someone's in pain, right? I immediately was like, I I, I didn't think about that real clearly. I was just trying to be funny. Probably wasn't really funny, you know, and and I got the cold shoulder the rest of the night. But it says, think before you, the words have life and death, that, that if you're reckless with your words, That if you just say stuff without thinking about what you're saying, that it can be very damaging. It can be very reckless. And you go, well, Kyle, look, we live in America. I have a right. I have a right. the, The Freedom of Speech Act, Article 19 of the Declaration of Human Rights states that every human has the right to speak freely without censorship. I have a right to say what I want. I have a right to post what I want. I don't need to worry about what people think about. What I'm gonna say, I'm gonna tell it how it is, right? Mean by no be like, like that? Don't, don't elbow the person next to you, right? But you also have the right to plead the fifth. You also have the right to remain silent, to think before you speak. And here's the thing if you are a Christ follower, The day that we decided to follow Christ is the day that you gave up all of your rights. You gave them all up. You said, I surrender all of myself, all of my rights to you, that you represent Christ to those around you. For some of you, you are the only Jesus that people are ever gonna see. And Proverbs says, your words have the power to bring life to them, to represent Jesus well, or the power to bring death. Some of you, you'll, you'll be the only Jesus that people ever see or they ever hear. You, you have that kind of power. I kind of want to veer a little bit from course this morning, but I feel like it was, it's important to talk about. I was at a conference a week ago, and the guy was teaching, and he, he was talking about Andy Stanley. He was talking about how we, as, as Christ followers, as leaders, that we have influence with people, that leadership is simply... It's influence, it's nothing more, it's nothing less than that. And he's talking about how we should never give up our influence unnecessarily. But what happens is, and I see it all the time, especially in this political season that we're in, okay, this political season that we're in, that Facebook, don't use it for a political platform, okay, okay? I'm going to tell you why. Listen, you have a right to back a, a candidate. I will never, ever endorse a candidate from this pulpit. One, because it's illegal, okay? Because we are a 501c3 nonprofit endorsed organization by our government. And if I endorse a political candidate from this position right here, they can take that away. And none of you want that, okay? I know you all like your write-offs at the end of the year, right? And so, so, so I will never do that. I'll never do it on Facebook. And it's not because I don't have an opinion. It's not because it's it's not okay to, to, to have an opinion and not to believe in certain things. And we're gonna get into politics in the series as we get closer to the election. We're gonna talk through that in more detail. But the issue is, the reason why I don't repost stuff and even though I agree with it and I go, this is awesome and this is what people should believe, this is what people should think, because leadership is influence. And I never wanna give up my influence unnecessarily because I can make a point but I wasn't called to make a point. I was called to make a difference and we never make a point at the expense of making a difference in someone's life. We have been called to make a difference in people's lives. So by you voicing your opinion, especially on hot topics of our culture, on Facebook for the world to see what you can be potentially doing is building a barrier between you and someone else instead of building a bridge to them. And God has called us to be his representation, right? He wants us to build bridges to people. He wants us to use our influence to share how he can transform their life, how he can do those things. And so you need to think twice before answering or a question or engaging in a conversation on Facebook that has the potential To build a bridge or to burn a bridge and to close a door. Because you can post one thing and someone's going to go. Someone at your work will see it. Someone in your neighborhood that you befriended with. Someone that God has given you specific influence with. And they go, that's what they think? I knew it. (laughs) Done. And so we make a point. Now we can't make a difference. And God didn't call you to make a point. He's called you to make a difference. So I want to encourage you. Don't use your social media for a platform to prove points of hot topics. Use it to make a difference, to build bridges, not to build barriers between people. Albert Einstein said, if A equals success, then the formula is A equals X plus Y plus Z, with X being work, Y being play, and Z keeping your mouth shut. You want to be successful, he says, most of the time, it's just as simple as being quiet. You know, in, in our lives, we have filters, right? Most of us don't drink common tap water anymore because, oh, you know, there's just crazy stuff in there. So either we put filters in our refrigerators, we, we drink filtered water. When you, when you uh, put oil in your car, it runs through a filter. And the whole idea of a filter is to, to get the impurities out of something, right? Uh, Instagram has filters, right? that makes ugly people look better, right? That's what it does, right? You're like, ooh, I, I'm gonna go to the, the, this filter because it makes me look way tanner than I am. And, and then you kind of change. I like this profile a little bit better with that filter. And all of a sudden, everybody's looking really good, right? And so filters get the impurities out of things. Maybe it's your face, I don't know. But, <laughs> but they're great things. And so we, we need to use a filter when it comes to our mouth, that there needs to be something that we go, you know what, before I say that, I need to think about what this is gonna do, what kind of impact this is gonna have. Is it gonna build a bridge or is it gonna burn a bridge? Is it gonna build a barrier? Is it gonna open conversation where I can use my influence for Jesus? And one of the, the greatest things when it comes to our mouth, because a lot of times we think about the words have power in, of life and death when you say them to someone, but I think it's also what we say about people behind closed doors, that they have the power of life and death. It doesn't say when you say it to them or about, it says they just do. So a lot of times we think, well, I didn't say it to them. I just said it about them. And it's this thing called gossip. The Bible's very clear about gossip. It says it's a sin. It says we shouldn't do it. And gossip is defined as casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. That's what gossip is. And the Bible says that we need to avoid it, that we need to think before we speak, that there needs to be a filter that we put it through. And so there is a filter for gossip, for what you say that I think we should put it through. There's a little acronym here for the word think. The first thing you need to do is this. Before you say it, think before you speak. Before you say it, ask yourself this is it true? If you cannot confirm that it is true, you don't say it. We're called to speak truth. We're not supposed to lie. We're not supposed to think. H, is it helpful? Is this helpful? Is this going to make the situation better? Is this going to make the situation worse? Is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? Does it build them up? Does it, does it speak life? Does it, is it life-giving in what I'm saying? Does this inspire someone to be better in? Is it necessary? Is this even necessary? Is this conversation even important in the grand scheme of, of life and what's going on? Is this, is this even necessary? And K, is it kind? Is it beneficial? Is it kind? This is the filter that we should put everything through before we engage in a conversation that could be considered gossip and then the last question that didn't fit into that is is do you have permission to say it? Does someone give you permission to share their information with someone else? If not, then it's gossip. What is your motive? You see, we will save ourselves a lot of problems if we would simply just think before we speak. Slow down. Think before you speak. Thirdly, and where I want to spend bulk of the time this morning is this is then what should we do We got a thing before we speak but when we speak what sh- what should come out of our mouths and, and and the biggest thing should be that that our words build others up not tear them down that our words are life-giving instead of life taking and as christ followers this is our commitment ephesians four twenty nine says don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth any but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That it may be beneficial to those who are listening to you. Proverbs 12.25 says, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Again, in Proverbs 18.21, it talks about the, that our tongues have this life-giving or life-taking power to them and to me I don't know about you that's it's very humbling to me to think about the power that my words have that what I speak really does influence people either in a negative way a toxic way or a positive way and so we need to guard the words that we speak to ourselves first of all and to others think about this when it when it comes to yourself your words have power Jake talked about our thoughts last week. Thoughts, before words come out, they're thoughts in our mind, right? So if we can get a a hold of them there, then we speak life instead of negativity, but if we don't get a hold of them, those words come out, and and they can become life-taking things for yourself. You find yourself in a situation at work, and you go, this is never gonna work out. My boss is never going to change. This is never gonna gonna get better. There's, There's no way I can do this. There's no possible way that I can do this. I'm so tired of this situation, right? Life-taking. Life-taking, not helping anyone or anything in your life. Life Life-giving. You say things like this. Instead of, it's never gonna work out, you say things like, you know what? We're gonna get through this. I'm not sure how it's gonna work out, but I know if I stay focused, if I stay determined, if I keep following God, if I keep praying, if I keep seeking God, man, that God's gonna work this out. Life-giving. I know God's with us, I, I, I don't know how we're gonna do this, I don't know how we're gonna navigate this, this situation, but I know that God is with us. I know that God is in control. I know that his word says that he provides. So in your own life, your words have power, of life or death. You can either say life-giving things or life-taking things. When it comes to others, the golden kind of rule, right, when your mom would say, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything. That's what he's saying. If, if you know what I'm is if it's not helpful, if it's not beneficial, if it's not gonna be uplifting, then don't say it. You go, well, Kyle, there's conflict. There's issues that need to be resolved. But they can be done in a way that is life-giving instead of life-taking. Life-taking. When it, life-giving when it comes to other people. You say things like, I'm so thankful for the for for you, I'm so thankful for, for God bringing this relationship, I, I love you, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you, I'm praying for you, where you can say life-giving things to other people. And I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for the people who have spoken life-giving things into my life. I'll never forget when I was at a camp and I felt called to, to do this thing called ministry, and I did not have any clue what I was doing, and I remember coming back and telling my youth pastor at the time that I felt like God was, was calling me to do what he did, and I'll never forget, he'll say, Kyle, you're gonna be an amazing youth pastor. I can already see God's gifting in you. I can already see how God's gonna use your life. It's gonna be an amazing thing. I can't wait to see all that God's gonna do, right? And, and believe me, he could've said some other stuff, because I wasn't the greatest kid at that time, You say, I don't know about that guy. (laughs) You might want to pray about that one a little longer. I'm not too sure, right? But he spoke those powerful things into my life. Life Life-taking. Some of you have been crushed by words that someone has spoken into your life. A parent, a teacher, a friend, a relative. And it's been challenging for you to get over it. You still carry the wounds of those words in your life that, that it was toxic to you. Today, I want to encourage you. Don't allow anyone other than God to determine your worth, okay? The only words that you gotta listen to that's been spoken over you is what God's word says about you. And we've been very clear through this series that God is for you, he's not against you, that God made you, God doesn't make mistakes, he doesn't make junk, that you are uniquely gifted and qualified to do what God has called you to do. Your words have power over yourself, over others, and we, as God's representative, have the power to build other people up. Mark Twain said, I can live two months on one compliment. It's one word of encouragement. Why don't we start using our Facebook posts to encourage people, instead of posting and telling people where we stand on political issues. You have a right to stand wherever you want. But according to scripture, you gave up your rights to voice it in a way that it could be destructive, that it could be damaging to other people around you. I know for me, if you've ever read the book Five Love Languages, my number one love language, if you all wanna know, okay, so you can, don't, don't, don't go blowing up my Facebook or something today with this, but, but it's words of affirmation, right? And so for the people that are closest to me, they know that. And so for me, it just fuels me. It doesn't even matter what's going on. Jessica, just say, hey, I like the way that shirt looks on you. And I'll be like, yeah, girl, it does look kind of good, doesn't it? (laughs) I'll come in here fired up, ready to go. I'll be like, yeah, my woman thinks I look good, right? And it builds me up. When someone comes up to me and says, man, I really appreciated that message. When someone sends me a message or an email and just says, Kyle, I'm thankful for you, right? Like those things build me up. They encourage me fuels me they're life-giving to me I know you probably feel the same way that we have the power to bring life or death to be toxic or life-giving with our words why would we not encourage people you know I share this all the time with my kids but but I speak life over them all the time I speak negativity sometimes too okay I don't want to say that because I'll be like you are crazy right like we that that comes out sometimes but every night when I put him in bed, I, I, I always do it, no matter what. If it's some of the symbols like, Riley, you are the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life. Daddy will always love you. Daddy will always be here no matter what. I'll always protect you. I'll always take care of you. You know that, right? Yes, Daddy, I know, right? Maddox, same thing. You are a man of God. You're courageous. You're bold. You're gonna be a leader, not a follower. God's gonna use your life to make a difference. I speak life over them. Because my words have power. Listen, if you want to see it, you need to begin to speak it. You want to see your marriage change? Stop talking about how bad your marriage is. Start talking about how good God is and that God, even in the midst of this terrible situation, I want to see my marriage restored, so I'm going to start speaking that my marriage is going to be restored. I want to see my career change. I'm going to quit being negative about how crazy my boss is and how my coworkers do this. I'm going to start speaking life. I'm going to start speaking God's word and his power. And when you speak it, scripture says then you will see it in your life. Start speaking life over your family, over your marriage, over your career, over your finances, that God is gonna do something and he'll do it. Now listen, this is, you have to say what's consistent with God's word, okay? Don't be walking out of here, say yes, pastor, I believe that. I speak that Mercedes into existence. That Mercedes is gonna come for me. Lord, that house with the eight-car garage, with my boat and with my golf, course, it's, it's gonna be there. No, no, no. Speak what's consistent, and what's in agreement and alignment with God's word. Jesus said if you speak to the mountain. He didn't say if you pray to me for the mountain. He said if you speak to the mountain, the mountain will move. We have to speak it. Proverbs fifteen four says, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. So some practical application. The first thing is this, is if you think something good, say it. Okay? Say it. Don't hold back. Don't rob somebody of that blessing, right? If you think someone's shirt is nice, that's a nice shirt. I like that shirt. Where'd you get that? Just say it. If you think something good, say it. Speak life to people. Text it, tweet it, post it. And here's the thing. Practice makes perfect. So as a church, James also says don't just be hearers of God's word, be doers of his word. So we're gonna practice this for the next 48 hours, okay? Here's what you're gonna do. The next 48 hours... See if you can only speak positive things. I see so many married people. (laughs) Ah, yeah. (laughs) This is on. I'm going to test you. (laughs) See if you can only speak positive things right here. About or to your spouse. About or to your children. About or to your family. Your friends. Your job. Your health. The world and your future for the next 48 hours to see if you can do it. And if you're here with someone, hold them accountable, right? We're going to put it on Facebook. We're going to remind you tomorrow to do this. But, but say, 48 hours, I'm only going to speak positive things into my life, into other people's life. Because here's the reality you can nag. Right, In your relationships, you can nag someone or you can brag about them. Nag or brag, right? Positive or negative. And this is the last practical application. If you can't say something helpful, skip it. I do this all the time. This week especially, I've I've prepared this message. I got it done early this week. I was done with my message on Wednesday and like Thursday, Friday, I'm like, man, I really want to say that. I'm just not going to do it because I want to be able to preach with integrity, Okay. This is hard. I'm telling you, you guys, if you, if you think something nice, say it. Only speak positive things. And if it's something negative, if it's something that's not helpful, just skip it. See the difference it'll make in your life. Life-giving or life-taking. So if it's not helpful, just skip it. As hard as it is, some of you may physically have to bite your tongue inside of your mouth. You'll be in a meeting at work, you will be like, what do you want? I, I can't say anything right now, man. It's not, no, no. I'm gonna skip it. <laughs> See if you can do it. And as the band comes and we close out, this is the most important thing right here. Practical steps here today. Be slow to speak. And that's the, the best thing. Just be careful. Don't Think before you, you speak. And then when you do speak, make sure that you're building others up, that you're being life-giving, that you're not being toxic. And the last thing is this. To prevent toxic things from coming out of your mouth, you need to guard your heart, okay? This is what Jesus said in Matthew 12. He said, how could evil men like you speak what is good as right? He was talking to the Pharisees. Then he says this statement right here. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. You see, when it comes to this whole idea of, of toxic, this whole series, really can be summarized into this thing right here. We have to prevent the toxic junk from getting in us. Because when it gets in us, it's going to come out of us. Jesus said, you can't help it. Another translation says, it's from the overflow of your heart. The mouth speaks. It's what eventually just fills up. And if we allow negativity constantly into our life, If all we do is think about negative things and our thought life is that way and we keep investing these toxic things into our heart, it's gonna come out of your mouth. That's what Jesus said. So you have to guard what you put in here, because the reality is the problem isn't with your mouth. It's actually with your heart. And some of you, because of your past and because of the toxic things that have happened to you, and that's why we've talked about bitterness and and unforgiveness and the comparison thing and and all these toxic things that can get in us. Why it's so important to guard ourselves, to prevent that stuff from ever getting in, because once it gets in, it's got to come out. And we have to guard our hearts. See, when negativity is coming out of our mouth, it's because we've allowed it in our heart. So we have to guard our heart. We have to protect it. Proverbs says, protect your heart for it affects everything else in your life. It affects everything. So what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you putting in? Because it's gonna come out. So we need to invest the life-changing, the heart-changing word of God into our life, right? This whole idea of toxic words, listen, there is not a word in Scripture that will be toxic to you. It's life-giving. It says it's the power to to pierce through the, the deepest and darkest parts of our lives and change us from the inside out. It's an amazing thing how powerful God's Word is. So we don't invest the negative thoughts. We don't allow negative people to speak into our life. We allow positive things into our life. We allow the word of God to get into our life. And the word of God and his spirit and his power in you is the only thing that can change a toxic heart. It's the only thing. He's the only thing who can purify us and be life-giving. And if we do that and we allow him to do that, then life-giving words will come out of us. What you put into your life is what's gonna come out of your life. David's prayer, who the Bible described a man after God's own heart, that he wanted the heart of God more than anything else in his life. And I love that because David made plenty of mistakes like you and I. He did some crazy stuff. But in Psalm 19, verse 14, this was David's prayer. He said this, he said, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my what? Heart. David connected our heart and our mouth together right there. He said, may the words of my mouth and the meditation, what I allow into my heart, what I put the focus of my heart on. He said, these two things are connected. So he said, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, may they be pleasing to you, O Lord. You're my rock, you're my redeemer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. You have the power to be toxic with your words that you speak over yourself and over others. To be life-taking or life-giving. And I believe that if we allow God to change us, to heal us from the toxic junk that's got into us, to detox our hearts and our souls this morning, man, that we could be life-giving people for him. Would you stand with me today as we close out the Jake Nasser is going to sing this simple song that was written off of this prayer of David, okay? So this, this is more of a prayer this morning than it is a song of praise, okay? He does say, God, you're my rock, you're my redeemer. He's, he's proclaiming that. But can we all just make this the focus of our hearts this morning, and of our prayer, that we would say, God, may the words of my mouth, what comes out of me, in the meditation of my heart, what I allow in, what I put my focus on, god would they be pleasing to you god can i be life-giving instead of life-taking with our words and just like david prayed that prayer to the lord many 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 years ago i believe if we make that the focus of our prayer this morning that god will respond because he's faithful to do it and his word says he will so as we sing this song together can you make that your prayer this morning